1: Hey, good Friday to you, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. In a further spit in the face of the American people, the the most corrupt president in our history canceled another $5 billion in student loan debt. It's a spit in the face of every single person like my wife, who paid back with interest their student loans. The message from the left has always been, if you act responsibly, you're an idiot. Because we'll, uh, the government, if if it's good for our uh, being elected and expanding the power of the state, we will take care of it. That's the motto of the left, you're a fool, you paid it off, even though the Supreme Court said it shouldn't. I'm looking at these demonstrators in Washington in June, cancel student debt, NAACP. I told you, the NAACP's interest is not, uh, is not in blacks. Uh, it's in left-wing ideology. That's, that's what motivates virtually all these groups. National Organization for Women doesn't care about women. Look at how they're silent or complicit in men competing against women in sports or entering women's prisons if they say they're a woman. Yeah, cancel student debt. I took out the loan knowing I had to repay it. I find it difficult to repay, and the college degree is worthless, so the rest of the citizens of the country should bail me out. Why isn't it a black and white uh, uh, issue of moral clarity that this is wrong? Really, I, I'm, I'm very curious. I don't even, this is one of those examples. I know I've said this in the past. I don't understand the other side. I understand the other side on capital punishment. People who believe no murderer should ever be put to death. Uh, I, it's, it's an absurd and morally unjust idea, but I understand why people come to it. I don't understand any justification for canceling a debt that you incurred voluntarily. I I will take a loan to go to college, have four years of of worthless learning in most cases, and find that I I can't get a job to pay off the loan, so you, you pay it. Why don't we have a program to pay off? Why should why should loans for college be paid off, but not loans for credit cards? Anybody have an answer to that one? You know, I build all the stuff on my Visa card, and I, I just can't pay it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Democrats come up with a way to relieve people of credit card debt. They screwed them with the cancelling of so much of our cheap energy, which has raised the prices of everything, especially food. They've raised the prices of food with their, their minimum wage laws. And then people have to use their Visa cards, MasterCard, etc., in order to pay off. So it's, the problems are induced by the left. The solutions are ignored by the left. They just create another problem. It's quite it's quite uh, disgusting, actually. (laughs) Uh, What is the I want to give you the latest on the yeah fast food industry. It's unbelievable how expensive fast food. This is from KTLA station in Los Angeles. Fast foods are about to be more more expensive. In California. A Southern California fast food franchise owner is the latest to signal that menu prices will go up. They're already up. They will go up when the minimum wage for all fast food employees climbs to $20 an hour in April under a new California law. Marcus Wahlberg, whose family operates four Fat Burger restaurants in Los Angeles, recently told Business Insider that he sees no option but to raise prices and make other chains to adapt. It's a scary thing because customers are already complaining that prices are too high, Wahlberg told the business news outlet. Of course they are. Executives at McDonald's and Chipotle Mexican Grill have already indicated menu price hikes are coming. During a conference call in November, McDonald's CEO Chris Kempczynski told analysts that his company expects to raise prices by a mid-to-high single digit. Yeah, well, two major Pizza Hut franchise operators in California announced last month they would be laying off all in-house delivery drivers as a result of the new law. So, so, uh, who benefits It's such a rotten party, the Democratic Party. It's so rotten, so morally rotten. The harm that is done and it affects it doesn't affect these people. Germany has gone to almost a static economy from being the engine of the European economy thanks to the Greens. There's no leftist group that does any good, they all do bad. I always make a distinction between left and liberal. Liberals vote for the left so they are complicit, but they're not the same as the left. No liberal believes that men can compete in women's sports. You have to be a leftist to believe that. It's an astonishing thing. There's a picture here. Anisha Williams, right, who works at Jack in the Bach restaurant in Southern California, celebrates as she holds the bill signed by California Governor Newsom. Yes. I hope I hope she'll have her job. Among changes at his Fatburger locations, Walberg said he is trimming employee hours. See, that's that's I, I talked about this many years ago. The workers won't benefit. They'll just work fewer hours. So the restaurant will be open fewer hours. The quality of life is is, is being gradually decimated by the left. In the name of fairness and equality and equity and uh, climate change. The, I, I want you to know, a lot of you listen to this and, the, and you feel anger, you should. you still have to work on your happiness more than ever because if you if you despair, you give them a victory. but I, I feel it too. Uh, I mean not but and of course I feel it. Uh, it's obvious, but what I feel is a frustration. Because I know that if a lot of Americans understood the damage the left does, Democrats wouldn't win any elections. I I talked to you yesterday about the destruction of San Francisco. 100% done by the left. 100%. And by its party, Doing business in California, he says, has, quote, been more strained now than at any time I can remember. Of course it is. the, the, The Democrats are the friends of Walmart and American Express and Disney. They're not the friends of Fatburger. You close down, they don't give a damn. current minimum wage in California is $16 per hour. The increase to $20 comes after the passage of Assembly Bill 1228, which helps fast food workers cope with the rising cost of living and inflation. So the left creates, the Democrats are the overwhelming source of the inflation. So they pass a minimum wage law to increase the wages so that there's more inflation and fewer workers and workers will work fewer hours. And nobody benefits except the Democrats. Because people are stupid enough to think they've done some good and they'll vote for them. So it's Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher, my two colleagues two of my colleagues at Salem, who told me about the PhD weight loss program uh, and the only reason I took them seriously is because they lost so much weight with it, and it stayed off. So I have discipline in eating. It has never really been an issue, just I haven't been able to lose weight, and I've always wanted to. And sure enough, I've tried it, and now, let's see, it's uh, basically two pounds a month and six months. They, they did it faster, but I'm, I'm amazed that I've been able to do that. And it's no pills, no injections, just solid science, no shortcuts— Coaching from them, go to phdweightloss.com or just call them 864 644 1900, 864 644 1900, or go to myphdweightloss.com. Call on you, my call the left ruins everything it touches, destroys. I used to say ruin, it destroys. Here's an example of the latest American Society of Civil Engineering. Yep, they've gone woke. This is from the Journal of Civil Engineering Education, April 2024. Three months from now is the date. Bringing Social Justice Context into Civil Engineering Courses for First-Year and Third-Year Students. Written by A. M. Aramati Casper, Ph.D. Rebecca Atadero, Ph.D. A Rahman Abdallah, PhD, and Tom Siller, PhD. Let's see the author affiliations, I'm curious. Uh so AM Aramati Casper PhD is a research scientist in Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering, Department of Biology, and graduate degree program in Ecology. Uh, valuable work. Okay, at Colorado State University. There's a shock. Rebecca Atadero is Associate Professor, Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering, Colorado State University. That's a shock. A. Rahman Abdallah, Civil Engineering, Coral Gables, Florida. Not a, not an academic, just a fool. And let's see. Okay, I don't, it doesn't give me the Tom Siller. Where's Tom? Who's Where's Tom Sillers? Anyway, here it is. We aim to encourage. Ready for the their, one of their favorite words of the left. We aim to encourage the transformation. Wait, where did we hear that word? Oh, yeah, we're in four days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. They're for transformation. That's what they're for. Just, when the left use it, it's synonymous with Destruction. We aim to encourage the transformation of civil engineering education to produce engineers who will be prepared to meaningfully engage engage with society. That's one of their favorite terms, engage. How come nobody uses that in normal talk? What do you engage with? The only time we ever use it is, oh, you got engaged? Congratulations. And advance justice. Oof. Engage with society and advance justice in their future professional roles by providing examples of pedagogical change and analyzing student responses. Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26. Only 26 words. I must have skipped the line. They're they're known for their long sentences on the left. It's word salad. In this study, we implemented new course assignments in an introductory civil engineering course and civil engineering materials course. In the introductory assignment, the students were taught to draw systems, models, and asked to consider social and technical factors contributing to the Hurricane Katrina disaster. In the materials course, students... Completed pre class readings about a regional highway reconstruction project, including articles about neighborhood opposition to the project, and participated in an in class discussion. Mm-hmm. So they really are it's not, again, a focus on engineering. Medical schools are not focused on medicine, they're focused on DEI. It's now, by the way, This is a big day. I came across a new letter in the acronym. That's right. Thanks to the American Society of Civil Engineering. Civil engineering students need to engage. Didn't I just read that? There was another engage. With diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. D-E-I-J. That's it question is and this is now a betting thing in uh in vegas what will the next letter be with d see we went from lgb to lgbt lgbtq lgbtqi <sife novelty music> L-G-B-T-Q-I-A L-G-B-T-Q-I-A Plus Ah, my old thing
2: C-A-C-E-C C-I-C-I-C-O-S-O C-I-C-I-S-O-C-U-S-O-S-O-S-O-S-O-S-O
3: Get the idea, girls? Now we'll all join together on the letter D
1: So it is perfect
4: While was once The province of the Three Stooges is now
1: universal. So the the issue is, what is the next letter going to be after D E I, and it's now J, Dage. Okay, as in deja vu. Now that's the I know that. Here's a defense of the raising of the minimum wage, despite the fact that I didn't read to you the other money of the other consequences like they're going to just go increasingly to artificial intelligence to take your orders the uh, we the interaction with humans will be the least in american history it's already the least the prices paid are are staggering for that and now it'll be more it's uh, actually i find it actually depressing to go to any restaurant and order by computer. The interaction with waiters and waitresses and their interaction is such a valuable part of a meal. That's very cute and bitter. Wait till they ask you to tip the computer, said my artificial intelligence, Sean. took me years to figure out that he was a robot. back in a moment. As you know, Mike Lindell is a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. So... He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and now even flannel sheets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager. Go to MyPillow.com, make sure you use the promo code Prager. So we're going to have artificial intelligence instead of workers. Already, I've been told by one of my colleagues here at the station, she went to a, a McDonald's. They were sent to a kiosk to pay, if I got that correctly, instead of a human. Another restaurant she frequents, same thing, a kiosk, not a human. Artificial intelligence and computers will take over because they can't afford people. You will not have interaction with people. The quality of life will be further reduced thanks to the left. There, in, in American history, outside of slavery, there has never been as anti-human a movement uh, as leftism. It's uh, Climate change comes before humans. Minimum wage comes before humans. Uh, robbing children's innocent comes before their humanity. In the name of LGBTQIA+, it's quite quite something. I don't know. I, I, it, it's such a it's such a great question. What animates people to choose darkness? And I'll tell you one way because the ease with which people can be brainwashed to believe dark is light. It's not new. The prophet Isaiah warns, that's thousands of years ago, woe unto those who call good evil and evil good. Hmm. You know, I am literally a week away from finishing the fourth of my five-volume commentary on the first five books of the Bible, so I have a lifetime steeped in theology. My wife and I have a sort of list of questions to ask God when we meet him. And one of them, I, don't know, I can't speak for her, one of them that I, I would pose is, were you in a constant state of disappointment? <laughs> it reminds me of a rabbi who gave a lecture about 40 years ago that I heard, and he looked at the audience And he said, who's the most tragic figure in the Bible, referring to the Old Testament? And people had all sorts of thoughts. Moses came to everybody's mind because he wasn't allowed into the promised land. And Jacob thought his son died and lived in misery. Uh, Anyway, there's a whole host of candidates. And then he said, no, I differ with all of you. I believe the most tragic figure in the Bible is God. And it's always stayed with me, that thought. That this country, the freest and most affluent in the human in human history, the most decent to the, the greatest number of people from diverse backgrounds, should be destroyed by people who have benefited from it. Is... Uh, ...is a a puzzle. Even God must be uh, shaking his head. But maybe not. Maybe he's been shaking his head since Adam. So after listing all of the uh, terrible things coming from the minimum wage hike in California... ...restaurants closing, artificial intelligence and computers taking over for people... ...shorter hours, higher prices... KTLA, that's the the TV station that, uh, whose report I'm reading to you from, KTLA consumer reporter David Lazarus says the minimum wage hike is long overdue. The fast food industry has long relied on low paid workers for profits. Right. But in a free economy, people will work if they don't find other work. And generally speaking, you work there, and then you go elsewhere. You learn working skills. But he answers that. They justified this in the past by saying they primarily offer entry-level jobs to young people who will gain valuable work experience and then move on to jobs with decent wages, Lazarus says. In recent years, however, the industry has seen an influx of older workers who can find employment elsewhere. They're seeking a living wage. That's what the California law is meant to address. See, we have good intentions. The moment you ask, does it do good, you become a conservative. If you ask, what are the motives, then you stay on the left. The Dennis Prager Show. Prager here it's uh, oh yes uh, it, it's really something this KTLA uh, report because it ends with their their restaurant analyst or business analyst and he uh, he defends the raising of the minimum wage despite the fact that I all the consequences I told you fewer fewer jobs fewer hours higher prices more automation this is his solution as reported by his own station rather than making drastic cuts the fast food industry should price its products in line with operating costs I find it hard to believe that they didn't wrench this out of context because it's so stupid Uh, I Isn't that exactly what they're doing? They're pricing their products in line with operating costs? Operating costs include the salaries of the workers. Guess he's annoyed that they they make money. See, when people have raised the issue of health care is a right, so it should be doled out by... A single payer, the government. Needless to say, that's the single payer. So I've I've asked all of my life: Isn't eating even more of a of a right than health care? What? Why does? Why isn't there single payer food? I believe if you ask this guy, well he I don't know if he would tell you the truth, but I, I believe in his heart this guy at the KTLA would like to see a government take over of fast food. That way you just get you get rid of the need for profits, because everything the government does runs at a deficit basically. And then you don't have Anybody getting rich off people eating? Don't they always say, why are people making money off health care like it's wrong? In the much, 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 much better days in American life that I've experienced in my life here in the United States, I actually liked seeing expensive cars in the doctor's parking lot. The idea that people are making money, treating people, hmm, I don't find that offensive. Why is it okay for people who catch baseballs to make tens of millions of dollars, but the people who treat you should should not? I mean, the, the, very few making tens of millions of dollars out of any either. Yep. As I said earlier, the thinking, it never ends. You pay off student debt today, you'll pay off credit card debt tomorrow. Why not? Tell me why not. Biden cancels another $5 billion in student loan debt, headline New York Times. Who, I am sure, find it a terrific thing that he has done. Supreme Court ruled against it. But it's Trump who's called the dictator. Trump. Yep. Let's see what I just got here. I got a, uh, a yikes. But it's not opening, so I'll look at it later. We have a great man who's uh, at least thus far who was the president of Argentina. He really gave it to them in uh, at the World Economic Forum. How much do we have of him? Two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah, good. All right. Here's the president of Argentina at the uh, at the frightening, scary, destructive World Economic Forum conference in Davos.
2: I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person, but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated intimidated either by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors. You're heroes. You're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom. Damn it. <laughs> That's his thing. I don't know how the
1: damn it goes in Spanish, but that's what he does. Long live freedom, damn it. (laughs) This guy's a true character. You know my theory, only outliers do good. This guy's an outlier. It was worth it for you to hear the end. I can't believe there was any applause, to be honest. World Economic Forum, that you should say the government is the problem, not the solution. I wonder if he knows that Ronald Reagan came up with that uh, line. Well, that's exactly right. But government is, is the problem much more than the solution. See, it, it's, it's all based on the nonsense that left people on the left believe. They believe people are basically good, so they don't have problem concentrating staggering amounts of power in a few people's hands, which is what the state does. After all, people are basically good. So is, the more power good people have, the more good that they will do fact that the big governments were the genocidal engine of the 20th century, communist, fascist, Nazi, yeah, all big governments, the amount of torture, murder, mass murder on a scale almost never seen in history, enslavement of people, all done by big governments. They don't teach you that at Harvard.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Yes it is, it's the happy, 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 happy hour No matter what, my friends, as I have said Lice, vermin, smiting of the firstborn, darkness Leftism, whatever the plague We have the happiness hour So join me It's the happy, 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 happy hour Yes it is my friends, the happy make the world better, the unhappy make it worse, and today's topic is based on a an answer, my son, my younger son, I have two sons, oddly enough, a, an older and a younger, which is the way it always works unless you have twins, and even then you have an older and a younger, so I guess everybody does so I did a fireside chat I've done 320 fireside chats I didn't miss one during COVID I missed one in let's see what is five six six and a half years I missed one it wasn't my fault I had COVID and it wasn't right to call in the crew from Prager U. I do it from my home that was the only time we missed one and I really am unhappy. I love to say 320 fireside chats consecutive, but but for one, it's pretty good. During the height of the lockdowns, we didn't lock down. I didn't lock down at all, actually. I went about my life, met with my same group for my Sabbath dinner, Friday nights we missed i think 2 weeks and then we said this is ridiculous which it was well it was more than ridiculous it was just harmful so the happiness hour is an important hour the happy make the world better the unhappy make it worse you have a moral obligation to act happy even if you don't feel it etc cetera, etc cetera. so he said to me my son when i i had him as my guest name is Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Aaron Prager. He does his own podcast. He's he, he did it for half a year without telling anyone his last name. He would just say, the name is AP Unfiltered, one word. Aaron Prager Unfiltered, AP Unfiltered. And uh, he wouldn't say what AP stood for. Now when he remembers, he says, hi, this is Aaron Prager, AP Unfiltered. <laughs> now, Aaron was born to a meth addict. His late mom and I adopted him at birth. We did not know that. And it was uh, it was a problem. He was addicted. He's now seven years. He's 31, I believe. Let's see, was he 31? It's pathetic that I don't know. But fathers tend not to remember all these details. And... He's senior, ten year, seven years sober, and he's a remarkable uh, young man. He has a terrific wife. And I had him on, and I asked him, when did you turn yourself, when did you decide to turn your life around? Because the theory, I, I have a real acquaintance because of him and all the, the people in the rehab world that I have spoken to, so I have great familiarity with the subject, and the general theory is most people have to hit bottom in order to get sober, whatever their addiction. It's not necessarily drugs or alcohol. Obviously, gambling is, is, a, is a major, major problem, just to give one example. And then I'm told that there's sex addiction, I, don't, I never f- fully understood that one. And I, I, What differentiates a sex addict from just usually a man, some man who just wants as much sex as he can get with as many women as he can get? Why is one an addict and one is just a, a hedonist? But th- that's a separate subject. My subject is something he said when I said, when did you hit rock bottom? And his answer is fascinating because you would think always, oh, you know, when I slept in the street, when I got arrested, when, and he, he had some very bad experiences. There's no no question. I thank God he's alive. Every day I thank God about that. I've. I I know too many people who have lost a child, including uh, in the the drug-slash-alcohol world, usually drug. So his answer was, when I stopped blaming others for my problems. And when I first heard him say that, I don't know when that was, obviously in the last seven years... I was blown away. That's That realization is what turned you around, and he's adamant about it. By the way, you should watch this. It, it's, it's a very powerful 52 minutes. My interview, my fireside chat with my son Aaron. It's up at uh, PragerU. Just do fireside chat, Aaron Prager, in a search engine, and it'll, it'll come up. And if you know any young person who's... Uh, addicted to something it it, it, he's an effective spokesperson so he turned his life around when he stopped blaming others for his problems and he said "I, I looked at me so that's my theme for the happiness hour you wanna get happy stop blaming others for your problems Even, I mean, there are occasions where it is warranted. I I have to live on earth and be real. You know, I read on the Internet, I read these horrific stories of, I just read another one of somebody fleeing in a stolen car and killed two, two brothers who were crossing the street, two young boys imagine the parents loss of their two sons i can't i can't even go there no parent can go there fully I mean, you, you can't go there fully it, aside from how painful it is we just can't full empathy is not possible in the human condition unless you've experienced the same thing there's sympathy but full empathy is not possible and i think we're built that way if we could feel the pain of everybody having pain we would go mad so of course there are times when it is warranted to blame others for your problems if they if they blame the the drunk driver uh, then they they are right that that's accurate somebody murders a loved one you blame the murderer but in general it is My son's statement is accurate. He turned his life around the day he stopped blaming others for his problems. I mean, and he could have continued, including, well, I was born to a meth addict, the birth mother in that case. That is a, it is a recipe for happiness to stop blaming others for your problems. I have a feeling that a vast number of people would agree with my son, that that is the beginning of turning your life around. It's really remarkable. I don't recall ever dealing with this subject on a happiness hour, but it is so important. In my book on happiness, Happiness is a Serious Problem, I do have a chapter on identifying as a victim among the innumerable ways in which people call progressives or leftists destroy society is that they create a whole generation of people vast numbers of people who begin to believe that They are victims. And so they blame their problems on other people. That is exactly what they do. It is the antithesis of making happy people. But I, I never met a happy person who was a leftist. I've met happy liberals. I've met happy conservatives. I've never met a happy leftist. Happiness is not their agenda. Misery is their agenda. Marx hated religion because it made people happy and they didn't make revolution. So in this fantastic fireside chat I had with my son Aaron, he's been seven years sober, married, and he's turned out to be quite a terrific young man does his own podcast at AP Unfiltered, Aaron Prager is the AP. And I asked him, what turned you around? He said, the day I realized that I couldn't blame others for my problems. And that did turn him around. I have a chapter in my book on happiness, seeing yourself as a victim. The title of the first part is The Joy of Victimhood. There are some clear rules about happiness. One is that you cannot be happy if your primary identity is that of a victim, even if you really are one. There are a number of reasons. One, people who regard themselves as victims do not see themselves as in control of their lives. Whatever happens in their lives happens to them, not by them. Two, people who primarily regard themselves as victims see the world as unfair to them to them in particular. Just as the young student who always sees himself as being picked on is an unhappy soul, so is the person who carries that attitude into adulthood. Three, people who regard themselves primarily as victims are angry people, and an angry disposition is renders happiness impossible. Four. People who have chosen to regard themselves as victims cannot allow themselves to enjoy life. Because enjoying life would challenge their perception of themselves as victims. Hey, that's a good point, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you. One eight Prager, seven seven six, eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. I didn't Let's mention the number so you're all expecting more of a commentary. If I know exactly how it works, and I appreciate that. Now you can call in. Does this resonate with you? Has this been a factor in your life? Do you see yourself primarily as a victim? Do you blame others for your unhappiness? Did you at one time and then got turned around? See, there is an occasion where it is a good thing. For example, whenever anything goes wrong on the show, all of us blame Sean, and that increases our happiness. So I admit that there are exceptions on occasion, and it increases his happiness because he's the center of attention. Yes, when we all blame you for issues that arise. Let's go to your uh, calls here. Let's go to uh, Chicago and Dave. Hello, Dave. Hey, Dennis. How are you? Love
5: your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I got a couple comments, uh, and I'm almost uh, 31 years sober here in a few weeks. But
1: um, I congratulations. Myself- that, that's that's serious number. By the way, if I may ask, was that your? Did you get sober on your first attempt? I did. That's that's relatively rare.
5: It it absolutely is. But uh, my uh, one comment is, uh, I had to reach my emotional crush, my emotional bottom, before I got right. And while, how did that express itself? Uh, Getting arrested being uh
1: so is that, it's not it's so it? interesting my son told me it's uh, it wasn't he he never claims it's original to him but in the recovery community he says there's an awareness there are one of three fates uh jail death sobriety indeed that's certainly uh
5: shared by all
1: yep that's right
5: and a couple. Uh, well, I introduce myself often as I am an alcoholic, and my problem is Dave.
1: My problem is Dave. Uh, so I take it you're married. I am. I know it from he the. I know me. it from the voice. I, I, it's a game I play with myself. Can I tell whether the caller is married or single or divorced? Anyway, uh, you were not married, I assume. When you became sober at thirty-one? No, that that is uh, incorrect. Oh, I, uh, I was so sober with uh, your wife no
5: stayed kid. with your wife stayed with you. She did, and and certainly that was a process in itself and part of my recovery.
1: So, how did she react to this sort of overnight new Dave? Well, uh, certainly, I
5: was able to hide my addiction and my uh, problems because of uh, lying and everything else. And uh, when I finally told her, it was complete shock. So it took uh, it, it took a few years for us to normalize our relationship. I mean, and when you
1: were sent to uh, to to jail, I mean, did well, she? I st- didn't.
5: I. I I, I was arrested. Sat in jail for hours. Couldn't oh, okay. You were
1: arrested. Okay. Yes. So, yes. At, no, did she not. at any time say, "If you don't get your act together, I'm leaving"? Oh, I, 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 at, at, at that point, yes. <laughs> was Absolutely. that a factor in your turnaround?
5: Uh, sure yes it was but i mean i you cannot do it for somebody else you have to do it for yourself.
1: well no you're doing it for yourself because you want to keep her true true yeah well anyway bless you you're a good man i i know that many of you recall that i have said so often the one of the greatest themes of my religious education was that i was taught that the biggest Problem in Dennis Prager's life was Dennis Prager. It is the opposite of what your woke elementary school teaches your kid. The biggest problem in their lives are patriarchy, racism, sexism, heteronormativity, capitalism. America. Not them. They're great.
6: Show
0: Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart to heart
1: you. You see, too. Hey, everybody, Happiness Hour, 1 8 Prager 776. Based on a comment of my son in the fireside chat I had with Aaron Prager a few weeks ago, um, using that as the point of the Happiness Hour, when I asked him, very, very open discussion when, when he felt he hit bottom and decided to become sober. Said when I, the day I realized that, uh, I can't, I can't blame others for my problems. The, oh yes. He had a great line that that's common knowledge in, uh, sobriety, but he had a good line. In addition, he said, there was nobody left to blame. I had already blamed everybody. <laughs> So I read to you chapters, excuse me, excerpts from my chapter on victimhood. One of the many utterly and totally destructive things that the left in America does is raise has raised a generation to blame everyone for their problems except themselves. First and foremost, America, and then of course, racism, sexism, misogyny. Heteronormativity, uh, intolerance, bigotry, inequality, capitalism. I mean, think of all the things people blame out except themselves. Doesn't make for a happy people. Okay, let's see. Cleveland, Russ. Hello, Russ.
3: Hello, Dennis. How are you this afternoon, sir?
1: I'm well, thank you. Uh,
3: Greetings from Superior Tropical Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to get about six inches of frost today.
1: Well, you're lucky that there's climate change and and that uh, these are warmer days for the country.
3: Yes, yes. I would like to thank you for the story of your son's recovery. I have a grandson... It was born to a drug addicted mother. He's been adopted by my 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 daughter and her husband and Deshawn has got a very awful lot of anger problems. And I haven't known how to approach my daughter on correcting his controlling his anger and his emotions. And my son-in-law passed away on December 30th at age 47. Of what? And this is It appears to have been influenza A.
1: He died of the flu?
3: Yes, that's what it appears to be.
1: I'm not saying that this is the the reason, but I just am curious. Do you know if he was vaccinated and boosted?
3: Do not know at all on that. He was tested. His blood was tested for COVID, and that was negative. He was tested for RSV, and that was negative. But he tested positive for influenza. Yeah, no, age. I know. I'm.
1: I'm just saying the the such a lot yeah. an unprecedentedly large number of otherwise healthy people dying at young ages, and I have no doubt that many are related to the vaccine. I'm not saying that his is, but I know many yes. are. Anyway, go ahead. But, so your your but, poor daughter became a, a widow uh, at a very young and, age.
3: Yes, she's 49. She has a 10 year old who has got the. Uh, control issues. She's got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. All three of them are adopted children. Right. And the six-year-old and four-year-old are learning from their brother
1: oh, God. on how
3: to behave. And uh, I was just out in California for the funeral. I left out there a week ago Tuesday. My daughter and I were taking the kids to a playground And the boys got into an argument, argument, and it was just awful. Mm. I don't Mm. don't know how I didn't have a heart attack over it.
0: Mm. Mm. But
3: my daughter transferred the kids from my car to her car. She had to hold on to the 10-year-old so he wouldn't run away and said, Dad, I need you to go back home to Cleveland now. I don't need you here now. I need you back in Cleveland so I can do what I need to do
1: well uh, i don 't know what to say i hope uh, I hope that this might have been some help it 's tough enough when you 're married and have difficult children, but as a single mother it 's really difficult. back in a moment. <music> Hey everybody, Dennis Prager here. This is the final hour of the broadcast week. I used to say the final hour of the week, and then I realized that was a slightly self-centered comment. It's not the final hour of the week; it's final broadcast hour. What happened to the band? I need them. Enjoy the music. All right, everybody, whatever's on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death, about fountain pens, photography, audio equipment, cigars, classical music. There we go. I got it right. The amazing thing is, you know, I'm into all of these things more than ever. my passion for this stuff is increasing, not decreasing. I found a fountain pen maker in Italy on the internet that makes probably the most beautiful pens on earth. And Rome is nine hours ahead of LA. So this woman who works there, She's on chat, the chat, a live chat. She's the woman. I'm actually going to meet her. She's coming to L.A. There's an L.A. pen show next week. Free plug for the L.A. pen show. So, Sean, tell me the truth. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being excited beyond words, you would camp out to get in first, 1 being... I can't think of something more boring. What would you rate the pen show? -3? I think I I know you're saying that just to hurt me. I do not believe you believe it is that bad. Let me ask you a question, okay? Would you rather go to a pen show or a broccoli show? Okay, I call. I got him. I got him everybody. What a Prager 776. What is on thine mind? Let's see. Okay. Uh, Fred in Fountain Hill, Arizona. Hello. Hi. Hi. I think you're on a speakerphone. If you could pick up the phone, Sean will be grateful to you. I could see the gratitude already rising in Sean. My God, I can't believe how laborious a process that might have been. It's like I had I I had asked him to read War and Crime. I mean Crime and Punishment. Can, can you hear peace. me? Yeah, go ahead.
5: Okay. Uh yeah.
1: no, no, no. Now oh. I don't right, you know what I'm putting you on hold. I'm sorry. I that I didn't hear a word then. Well, I'm not getting. Uh, I'm not letting you go. I'm going to just keep you on hold. So, I hope you can fix it. Okay, let's see here. Uh, L.A., California, Daniel. Hello.
8: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. So, the atrocities that were committed on October seven in Israel against uh, twelve hundred Jews, including. Uh, children and women and toddlers, uh, prompted me to think again about something that's come up many times on your show, which is the voting patterns of America's uh, non-Orthodox Jews who vote overwhelmingly for the Democratic Party.
1: Mm -hmm. Why did October 7th raise that question?
8: Oh, I'm sorry, is it December 7th?
1: No, no, no. No, it is October 7th. But why did that raise that question? Well, oh, it's a question it. whether or not October seventh happens.
8: I'm, a, uh, I'm sorry, it's a question whether there were atrocities. No, no, up- okay, I, I don't know why I'm not clear. Uh, okay,
1: yeah, you said maybe I heard you wrong. You said that as a result of October seventh, that that the, that day of atrocities raises the question again: Why do Jews vote left? Exactly. Correct. Right. I don't understand why October 7th raised that question. That's what I'm asking you.
8: Let me explain. The funding for those atrocities, and not just the funding, but the planning and the coordination, came from Iran. And I believe that almost everybody knows that. And furthermore, the Democratic Party, from the time of President Obama, and th- including the Biden administration, has always been showering Iran with money. I read somewhere that the Obama administration resulted in a hundred billion dollars of unfrozen assets and other. Yeah, pieces. I don't know if it's
1: that much, but you're absolutely right. The Democrats under Biden and and uh, Obama have have given tens of billions of dollars to Iran, and uh, for that matter to the Palestinian Authority, uh, who then give the money to terrorists who who, who murder Jews. Uh, now I understand. I Just for the record, it, had you begun it that way, it would have been clear to everybody what you meant. But you're, I agree with you 100%. It has nothing to do with October 7th, but yesterday I was reading what groups in the United States have the highest household income. The number one by far is Indian Americans, Americans whose... Who themselves came, or parents came from India. Why are there so many Indian uh, Americans on the left? Well, shouldn't they be the most grateful people and not side with those who wish to tear the country down? It's a totally appropriate question vis-a-vis Jews. As a Jew, rather active one, I, I, it is a source of it has been a source of pain my whole life. Jews are smart, and they have stupid views. Of course, it's a generalization, but it's the only way to understand life is if you have accurate generalizations. It, it, it's like, I, I wrote this right afterwards, all, all these uh, Jewish donors to universities, and now they see the cesspool of that Harvard and the other schools are, I've called them a cesspool for all of my broadcast career. It took uh, it took October 7th to understand how sickening our universities are, no, sick, and sickening because they make others sick. They are filled with bad fools, there are a few exceptions, Yale stinks, Princeton stinks, stinks. It took October 7th for all these people. Until then, they were happy to give billions of dollars to these these places. Do you know that I discovered I had totally forgotten I wrote it 20 years ago. 20! When the LA Times was still publishing me. When they would allow conservatives uh, onto their opinion pages. 20 years ago. I wrote a column, You Learn Anti Semitism at College. I'm not exactly a prophet. How did I know this and all these donors, Jew or non Jew, not know this about colleges? The, the hatred of America taught, forget hatred of Jews, hatred of America was not enough for these donors to say, I'm not giving any more money to these cesspools of. America hatred? I think humanity hatred, of truth hatred. The motto of Harvard is veritas, truth, and truth is the most important value. The the war against truth is the war, the war against good, the war for evil. The motto at Harvard today is veritas. Huh? Yeah. Just add H U H and a question mark. Very What the hell does that mean? <sighs> yep. I don't have a very high opinion of humanity, as I've known all of my life. I have very high opinion of hu- of individual humans. Humanity, as a rule, stinks. It's an unimpressive creation. I got problems with God on this one. Why'd you make such a pathetic creature? and I mean it it's a question that I have for God it doesn't in any way diminish my reverence or belief certainly in God but wow this is a really flawed creature back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Hello, Dennis. It's the hour you set uh, the agenda. And let's see. Dan in Coronado, California. Hello. Not
5: satirical. I am actually think only Senator Rand Paul would have the fortitude to do it. We need to withdraw our U.S. ambassadors from Canada. We need to offer political asylum to Canadians who want to come here. And we need to forbid travel to all U- uh, Canadian government officials and employees to the United States.
8: <laughs>
1: Canada is uh, has been ruined by the left. And there is no opposition anywhere near what we have in the United States. There are great anti-leftists in Canada, but they're they're minimal. And the leading one is Jordan Peterson, and he lives in America. He he is now uh, about to be stripped of his uh, license to practice psychology in Canada because of his views on climate change and other matters that offend the left. Canada is really uh, gone. Uh, but look, we have ambassadors in countries we don't like. We have an ambassador to China. Canada is not worse than China. The only difference between Canada and China, however, is China is... is more open about its embrace of tyranny. That's that's the big difference. All right, let's see. Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephanie, hello.
4: Hi, Dennis. How are you today?
1: Well, thank you.
4: Good. I wanted to share a story with you. When you suggested putting a mezuzah on the door... We did that. Plus,
1: are you? are not. You're not. You're not you, what? Are you Christian? Not Jewish? What are you?
4: No, well, in my heart, I actually am Jewish, but I'm not Christian. I would be Jewish if I were going to have a religion. But, right. Okay. And, so and, and you're, anyway. you're
1: you're an, you're a Gentile with no religion.
4: Well, believe, okay. Oh, yeah.
1: No not, I'm not saying no God. I, I have no yes. issue with yes. you. I, I just want. I'm just okay. trying to identify who you are. That uh, because it's a theological okay. issue. Okay. Go ahead.
4: So we decided we would put up an Israeli flag mm-hmm. on our flagpole on the front of our yard, right. which sits on the beginning of the street. And we were out walking, and a neighbor that I did not know was Jewish, a young woman, came across the street and said, "Thank you, thank you for doing that." We said, sure. Well, it just so happened we had another conversation with another guy that day, commented on it, and he said he would not do that for fear of retaliation. And our neighbor said, aren't you scared you're going to get retaliated against? I said, well, if you don't risk standing up to bullies and fighting back, then you're going to risk a lot worse than being retaliated against.
1: God bless you, and you're an <laughs> exceptional woman. You have conv- well, the r- convictions and courage. I mean, good convictions. You inspire
4: us. You inspire us
1: so daily. You, well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Did you actually put up a mezuzah?
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and every time I go out the door, I touch it, and I actually ask God to protect the Jews. I know that's not what the point of it is. But no, no, no. It's a perfect
1: point of it. It's a non-issue. You, you, you're really something. Are you married? Thank you.
4: 57 years and a couple days.
1: How does your husband feel?
4: Oh, he was right there with me. Absolutely.
1: you have children? One. Does your child share your values?
4: absolutely does thank you god thank you mm-hmm. i couldn't all take right, it all it right.
1: here's the toughest question of all that i've asked is there anything wrong with you
4: <laughs> yes dennis <laughs> many things wrong with me i am sorry to say
1: <laughs> i you know what it's the first time in this conversation i don't agree with you
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you but don't put me on a pedestal
1: oh believe me i do <laughs> All I could say is I am so happy that her one child shares her values. That would have been painful. I want good people to have good kids. That was inspiring. Now, you see, here's a a very interesting question, and I don't have an answer to it. What makes that woman tick? Why does she have the courage to put an Israeli flag in front of her house and others don't. There were Jews taking, forget the Israeli flag, there were Jews who were taking down a mezuzah. I read about it in Jewish journals. And they put it, they're putting it on the doorpost inside the house. And the whole point is outside the house. Oh, Kadok, let's go. And let's see. Pittsburgh, one of my favorite cities. Robert, hello. Hello, Dennis. Can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm a long time listener. Good. Decades, probably. But, Good. Yeah.
6: And you, you, you give me so many insights mm-hmm. that uh, you've really helped to to change my my thinking and my life uh, to the to the better. Good. What I wanted to uh, observe is that I believe that one of the reasons that Donald Trump did so well in Iowa has to do with the automobile. Uh, As you know, this uh, green push has influenced the major automakers, Ford, GM, Volkswagen, and others to at least publicly state they are going to cease production of internal combustion engine vehicles somewhere between 2025.
1: All right, what does that have to do with the Iowa caucuses?
6: Well, okay, that's okay. I'm coming to my insight point. Um, so these, so present cars run on gasoline, right, on petrol, but it's not all petrol. It's 10% ethanol, and who grows corn on their vast farmlands to be to be? So uh, you
1: you think that that's why? Okay, so we'll see what happens in other states. Okay. I don't agree with you, but we have a test case. Other states that don't produce corn and ethanol.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Whatever's on your mind, hour Mark in Los Angeles. Hello.
7: Yeah. Hi, Dennis. This is Mark. Uh, So I have a question about uh, bringing both parties back to the table to talk. Uh, Basically, if you could find a Democrat politician which was physically incapable of telling a lie... What policy positions would you want them to stake out for you to, to vote for them?
1: If a Democratic politician took was, a, incapable, was of incapable of, of lying, I don't think he would stay in the Democratic Party. And I, I, I'm not saying that uh, to be s- uh, snooty or, any, or, or insulting. I understand it is an insult. Adam Schiff may be the greatest single liar in the United States who is n- known by name. And he will probably be the next senator from California. The Their ability to lie, like he did, of all the evidence he had of Russian collusion, and now he will be rewarded by, by the Democrats. You see, what was it? Harry Reid, remember him? S- Senate leader from Nevada. And, uh... He was asked once, you know, you told this big lie about, uh, about Mitt Romney when he was running for president. He said, yeah, but it worked, didn't it? He didn't win, did he? he, win, did he? Thank you for the exact words. He didn't win, did he? You're In the Democratic Party and on the left, generally, you're rewarded for lying. There are liars on the right, too. But the, if you tell the truth, you will end up with conservative positions. Everybody should read my column. I should just reprint it. Twenty every everything that the left touches, it destroys. <laughs> I saw the question as being, "What would it take to uh, have you vote for a Democrat?" So that was somewhat different than what the the actual question was. So I was thinking, well what would it take?" So uh, here are two. I have two serious answers. One, if somebody on the left would respond to my the 20 arenas that I indict the left of ruining the country, beginning with children and drag queen story hours that they celebrate for six-year-olds. And the other was uh, with Dementia. Those were the two serious responses that I came up with to the question that was not asked on the phone, but asked on my board here. All right, Homer, Alaska, Deborah. By the way, Deborah, I will be in Fairbanks next month.
9: Oh, I know. I heard you say that.
1: Yeah, that's... uh... Where is Homer,
9: um, we are 220 miles south of Anchorage.
1: Oh. We're a little so, coastal town. So, you, what, what is the temperature right now?
9: Um, I'm sitting in my car, it's 18 degrees.
1: Oh, so you're 40 degrees warmer than Fairbanks.
9: <laughs> oh, yeah, we're in the banana belt. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you you, you could go out uh, in a t-shirt. <laughs>
9: A lot of people wear shorts here, actually, surprisingly. I'm not <laughs> <the> surprised.
1: <laughs> I, it, it, everything is relative in life. I understand. All right. What's on your mind?
9: Um, a couple. I have, I have two two things I want to say. One is a personal request from me, and I hope I can squeeze that in at the end. But the real, the primary reason is I just wanted to let you know my daughter. Um, and I talked to you, actually, a year about a year ago. Um, I called in. My daughter was a homeschooler who did sports and lettered into sports as a homeschooler, went to state, representing the high school. And anyway, we, we, we've talked before. I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank you. um, But she's uh, 21. She's a commercial pilot. And listening to your discussion the other day regarding United, I asked her last night, what do you think about this hiring policy of, um, you know, basically a quota um, for women? And you know, surprisingly, she didn't feel safety was a concern for her. Um, but – what she would fear would be how she would be treated by the men in the company
1: as a result and of the affirmative action: Yes.: Yes, of so, course. she's right. yeah yes, if, I, if I, I look, I fly a hundred times a year, so I, when, when I've had a female pilot, it has made absolutely no impact on me. I just assume she must be excellent end of issue. I won't assume that anymore. Tell your daughter. That's correct. On United Airlines, I will assume they compromised for any non-white male, because they're admitting they're doing it. All righty, everybody. What is on your mind? So, okay. Anyway, let me just make sure. Deborah, so I'm sorry to say I agree with your daughter. People will look at her, thanks to United Airlines, ruining it for minorities and women, because they are a woke company, I will try to fly United as little as I can as a result, but it's almost impossible because they, they own certain cities. But yeah, your daughter's right. That's That was my argument all of my life against affirmative action. It hurts the people it's supposed to benefit.
9: Yeah, and, and from her perspective, if she's got the choice between two companies, all things being equal, she would choose the company not hiring based on that. So she Good. Well, for, for uh, uh, she sounds
1: terrific. Yeah, I would. I, I I wouldn't mind having her stay on with Sean and maybe maybe she, I don't know if she'd want to come on the show. I don't have to give her name. I just have to say pilot for whatever airline. So Sean, if you want to take down info there, if not, thank you for calling. Uh, let's go to. Uh, bay city michigan and chuck hello chuck
7: hey dennis how you doing um i just kind of found you by uh doing a google search your radio station i listen to am here in michigan WJR in detroit in fact you sound uh, a little bit like paul w
1: smith who has that afternoon show now Huh. uh, but anyhow i've never been told i sound like paul w smith well, you
7: have been now because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I listen to him periodically. I listen to him on the morning show a lot. Do you right. know Paul W?
1: No, I'm sorry. I'm just th- I'm okay, horsing okay, around with you. Anyway, the- go ahead. Tell tell us what you're anyhow, calling about. Yeah.
7: I- I- anyhow, well, I, w- I attended the LA Rams and the Detroit Lions game last Sunday. Wait a minute. Well, uh,
1: oh, oh, yeah. You weren't the ones with the minus uh, ten degree. That was uh, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we had right. we had eight
7: degrees. Uh, oh, eight degrees! degrees. Uh, eight degrees. Eight oh, degrees sun! Degrees oh, okay, well, uh,
1: not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. So wait. By the way, are, I assume you, that you're a Lions fan.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go on. All right, go on. And and but Matthew Stafford, of course, he was the Lions quarterback for twelve years, and he gave a lot to the community, a lot to the city of Detroit, and he's a family man. He's got four daughters and his wife, and. When they came back to play the Lions, the family came, the the wife and daughters and everything. And <clears throat> so I'm sorry to say, and I was embarrassed to say that, the Lions fans just booed the hell out of them all the time. It's so so why did, why,
1: why did they boo? That he left Detroit?
7: Yeah, and, and it was in a mutually agreeable trade. It was like when the Detroit Tigers sent Verlanders to Houston and he wins the World Series. Well. You know, um, Stafford goes to L.A., and, and thankfully, I love Stafford. He was a great quarterback, and he wins the Super Bowl for you guys. And I thought that was great and good for Stafford. Nice guy, nice family guy. So he comes back, and they boo him. And I, I just thought it was sad, and I was embarrassed, and I just wanted to apologize to the LA fans and all you guys out there—that <clears throat> it wasn't everybody. There's was 65,000 people there, and everybody obviously is not. So
1: listen out, to this. I, I, I did not know of this, uh, but it's fascinating to me because I love the sociology of sports. So I, I, I looked this up about Matt Stafford, and up comes this piece. Uh, let's see where does it? Uh, Detroit Free Press. Huh. There you go. Carlos Monares. Are you familiar with him? No. Okay, so I I assume he's a writer for the Detroit Free Press. <clears throat> he goes, uh, former longtime quarterback K.K. debut. He got he here. He writes. He got exactly what he deserved. Lion lions fans faithful for twelve years to Stafford booed him loudly and the few leftover number nine Stafford Lions jerseys that could be spotted had his name covered up.
7: Yeah. Well, I disagree, and a lot of people do disagree. When I called WGR, the morning show like your show in Detroit, they agreed to that. It was just unjust, and he's done a lot for the community just because he went to a different team. He comes back (laughs) here.
1: I got to tell you, thank you for the call. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what really does rankle me is when hometown fans boo their own player because he's not doing as well as they want him to. <laughs> uh, Why what, what, what do they think he's not trying? <laughs> Sean, you've seen that, right? Guy gets up at the plate and his hometown Team, hometown fans are booing him because the guy, you know, struck out the last three times. <laughs> uh, well, it it's just reinforces something I said about human beings on the show and many other shows. Okay, let's see. Uh, such a, okay, let's go to uh, Michael in L.A. Hello.
3: Oh, hey, Dennis. Hi. Hi. So I just wanted to call and, and say, um, often when I talk to people about these student loans, I ask them, where does this money actually go? It doesn't really go to the kids, of course. It goes to the universities and the colleges. That's right. So, it, so basically, it's the government shifting right. money to that, these, that's these right. institutions. Yeah. 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 And on top of that, it's like back in the 70s when we used to talk about a $700 toilet seat for the defense right everything is inflated so when the government pays these huge tuitions the kids get stuck with the debt and the colleges and universities get the money so why don't we go to them you know for these reimbursements
1: that's right or better have nobody take out loans and if they don't go to college they'll be the better for it (laughs) that's all and if they do go to college Why don't they see it as an investment? I asked during Hour One because Joe Biden is an utterly corrupt man, not just corrupt president, uh, has done this despite the Supreme Court ruling that he he cannot do it, but he does it anyway. And then they yell at uh, Trump as being a threat to democracy. But I, I asked the question, I don't understand, why are we relieving kids of student debt or their parents? And we're not relieving regular Americans of their credit card debt. Why is it responsible to take on college debt, but irresponsible to take on credit card debt? Never ventured from his range. The loneliest monk. Ah, Never cared that he was
0: strange.
1: It's hard for me to start talking. I get mesmerized by this song. Hey, everybody. Final segment of the final hour of the week. They go fast. Arcadia, Florida. Cameron, hello.
3: Hi, Dennis. How are you
5: doing?
1: Well, thank you.
5: I uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I've recently gotten into fountain pens, and I wanted to know if you had any suggestions for a budget friendly uh, fountain pen and maybe some ink to go with it uh, that you really like.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand why I took this call. Cameron, how old are you?
5: I'm 29,
6: sir.
1: My friends that I have impacted a 29-year-old to take fountain pens seriously will make my weekend. I just Thank want you. Yes, Cameron. <laughs> People don't know the joy of writing with one and life should be a succession of many joys including very serious concerns my answer to you is go to a pen store or go on the internet and any reputable company will have what do you consider a budget what's a budgetary price for you
5: Um, I
3: would say under $75
1: oh yeah you can get a lot of wonderful things you can, and then, and same with ink. That's the joy. By the way, ink is as much the joy as the pen. the oh. The number of colors out there is astonishing. So uh, you you call me back or send me an email and tell me what you've decided. By the way, most uh, pen places that you order by mail, you know they they have a seven or ten day return policy, and you you get a different one if that one doesn't work. There are so few pen stores compared to the past that you have to, by and large, use, uh, use the mail. I love it. It's like when I see young men at, the, uh, at a cigar lounge, I buy their cigars for them. <laughs> I know you think I'm corrupting the youth. I happen to think that I am giving them a pretty wonderful added joy in their life. And with that, what is our timing, Sean? 15 seconds. My friends, have a a really good weekend. I'll see you Monday.
0: The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio.